seems to me. Can you not give me his name? No. He asked very particularly to remain anonymous. However, I feel certain he intends to present himself and his terms to you very soon. Two weeks later, Spring hovered a breath away. Maddie couldn't stop thinking about anything other than the mysterious stranger who now owned her future. After leaving Mr. Hocklespeck and visiting the rest of her creditors, each had indicated that a mystery gentleman had purchased her debt and insisted on remaining anonymous. She still had no notion who, what, or when to pay, much less why. Each day that slipped by frayed her nerves a bit more. In the interim, Maddie had purchased Amy a new pair of much-needed shoes, and Aunt Edith had persuaded her to splurge on a chicken for stew to celebrate her freedom from Mr. Hocklespeck's incessant demands. Maddie hadn't the heart to worry her elderly aunt about the money she still owed, and the enigmatic stranger to whom she owed it. Though creditors had ceased hounding her, she still felt the shameful sting of her impoverished state, worried her anonymous creditor could appear, demanding what she could not give. At a sudden knock on her door, she gazed at the mantel clock, nine o'clock in the evening, a very late hour for visitors, especially in quiet Hampstead. Frowning, Maddie set aside Amy's tattered frock that she'd been mending and strode to the parlour door. As her butler Matheson's heels clicked across the floor, her stomach twisted as she waited. After a low-voiced exchange, Matheson approached. Who is it? she whispered, then bit her lip fretfully, his brow knit in puzzlement. He says he's a gentleman who wishes to remain anonymous. Her heart stuttered. Maddie drew in a deep, trembling breath, knowing the moment she had dreaded had unflinchingly arrived. Is he anyone I know? She whispered to her butler. I'm afraid he is, drawled a deep voice beyond the parlour's portal. It was a voice Maddie never, ever thought to hear again. A sudden dizzying spike of shock swept over her. Mouth gaping, she reached for the wall to steady herself. She peeked past Matheson, hoping her ears had deceived her. They had not. Brock Taylor had returned to Ashdown Manor, as bold as could be. Here stood the cad who had broken her heart five years ago when he'd left her to seek his fortune. From gossip and reputation, she knew he had more than found it. Now refined and wealthy and more handsome than ever, he stood in her foyer wearing a faintly wry smile and a stylish green coat that perfectly matched his mocking eyes. The thick waves of his mahogany hair still wouldn't quite behave. Maddie remembered running her fingers through them with a bittersweet pang. Brock. His name tumbled from her lips on a whisper. How kind of you to remember me, Lady Walcott. He spoke her married title with contempt, matched by the disdain in his eyes. She swallowed. Why was he here? What did he want? Had he, of all people, truly bought her debt? She fought for her next breath trying to beat back the panic encroaching. Brock turned to her butler. Your name? Mine? It is Matheson, sir. Splendid. Matheson, fetch your mistress a spot of tea. She looks unwell, Brock said, displaying the urbane charm he had refined to an art. Her butler sent her a measuring stare. Indeed, sir. 
Matheson quit the room before she could object, leaving her alone with the man she'd sworn to hate for the rest of her life. You are not welcome here. Maddie lifted her chin sternly. Have you no kind words for an old friend? Mouth dropping open, she glared at him. Five years after betraying her, Brock Taylor stood in her parlour as if he belonged here. Of all the things she'd envisioned saying to him over the years if she ever saw the cat again, not a single one came to mind. Friend! She raised a disdainful brow at him. May I sit? He did so without waiting for her reply, dwarfing the ancient rosewood armchair. Perhaps you should sit as well. You really do look pale. Though Brock's voice had acquired a definite upper-crust clip, one of the few qualities that had not changed about the scoundrel was his smile. The wicked tilt of that wide mouth still bespoke sin.